0: Now we've come to the applications section. And if you're like most students, you might meet this section with, a mixed, with mixed feelings. On one hand, we always would like to know where we can actually use all the stuff we have to learn in math class, right? But on the other hand, if you've been in math class long enough, you can, you can probably predict that sometimes applications can be, well, not so great, right? So we're going to look at some applications. Now, the depth of the applications will be covered in any particular specialized class you take, whether it's in economics or statistics and probability or something like that. But we want to at least show you a use for some of this stuff that you have to learn. So let's, before we move forward, let's think back for a minute and think what we did previously with integration. One application was to take a function And to, if the function was greater than or equal to 0, on an entire interval from, say, a to b, we could evaluate the area under the curve, it was called. Area under the curve. And it really meant the area between four different curves, the area between f of x itself, the x-axis, the line x equals a, and the other vertical line, or in this case just a point, x equals b. So it was really an area between four curves, and so I'd like you to remember that um, as we work today. And when we talk about the area under the curve, it's the area under f of x, and also above the x-axis, y equals 0. So it's this area in between, right? And if the function ever was negative, on an interval that we wanted to evaluate an integral for, then the integral, say, from a to d here that's represented, would not represent the area under the curve, so to speak, or area between the curve. Maybe this is g of x and the x-axis. If you just integrate from a to d of g of x dx, You're not going to get the area, are you? Because this region right here, from B to C, will be negative because if you draw a representative uh, rectangle, the Y value is going to be negative. The height of the rectangle will be negative. So then you're going to have a negative part of the integral from here to here. That's going to take away from the areas, and you want it to add to it. So what you would need to do instead for this would be to take the area, by taking the integral from a to b of g of x dx, and then you would pick up where you left off from b to c of g of x dx, but remember that that would be negative, so we would take the opposite of it, or you could just, instead of saying plus the opposite, you could just say minus, right? And then you could add on the final area from c to d, g of x dx. That would give you the area between g of x and the x-axis on the interval from a all the way to d. So we have learned this so far. This is the area, quote, under the curve. But what we're going to talk about today is actually more general. It still will encompass these previous examples, but these were special cases. And we can actually be less special. We can actually generalize to something like this the area between two curves, two functions of x. In this case, we might even look at some functions of y. The area between two curves. And notice it's still on an interval here from a to b, this one, depending on the function. You know, you may, have to be, may not have to be as specific about your interval. We're going to look at the area between the top curve and the bottom curve. So that's why the top curve is being called capital T of x and the bottom curve is capital B of X. And to get this area, we're going to actually use an integral, just like before. And if you want to draw a representative rectangle, if we took this rectangle, got its area, and then added up all the areas from A to B of that infinite number of rectangles that's a definite integral isn't it so we would need to set up our definite integral we would need a height of the rectangle we would need y2 and y1 we could actually measure the height of the rectangle on the y-axis couldn't we so the height is y2 minus y1 as always if we're going up and down, which we are here. But what's another name for y2? That's if we're at some x value, say x sub k, right? Then it's the top function at x sub k minus the bottom function at x sub k. And that's your height. And then you're going to take your height and multiply it by the width. And what's the width of the representative rectangle? we use for the width of a rectangle delta x sub k, right? so the area would be approximated by the sum of all these rectangles so the area would be approximately the sum as k goes from 1 to n of t x sub k minus b x sub k all times delta X sub K. There's our Riemann sum, right? But instead of F of X sub K, now we have basically F of X sub K minus the G of X sub K, but we're calling them T and B for top and bottom. Now this is an approximation. How could we get an exact area? Take all these little rectangles and Decrease their size so that we have an infinite number of rectangles, right? So we're going to take the width of each rectangle to zero, right? So we take the limit as delta x goes to zero, or you could say as k goes to infinity if you'd like. But the limit as delta x goes to zero of that. And that is defined to be the definite integral, isn't it? From a to b of the top function, t of x, minus the bottom, b of x. And then when we take the limit as delta x goes to 0, we get the area, and we also get the definition, definite integral. The delta x is in the definite integral. The delta x is replaced by dx, the differential. So this should make sense to you intuitively. And when I was in school, I never bothered with the Riemann sum explanation. And I guess now would not be a very nice time to tell you, you probably won't need the Riemann sum explanation in general in your class. You're probably mostly going to be thinking about taking the top function, the y value on top minus the y value on the bottom, But writing them as functions of x, because we don't want to take any one particular y value. We want to talk about, in general, a function of x so that we can integrate over x and then, sorry, we can integrate in terms of x over the interval from a to b. So we're going to integrate a function of x in terms of x on an interval. And that's going to give us an area between two curves that we're going to call the top curve and the bottom curve. So this is going to be the first thing we do. And then there are applications for this in economics. We have something called consumer surplus and producer surplus. Here's a picture of, of what consumer surplus looks like. I'll explain this a little more when we get there. This is the equilibrium price. This is X sub E, the number of units sold at the equilibrium price. And this is P sub E, the price at equilibrium. And similarly, here, the price at equilibrium, the number of units sold at equilibrium. This is called producer surplus. And this would be the supply curve as opposed to the demand curve. So we're going to look at this. I'll explain a little more where it comes from. For a really heavy-duty explanation, though, you're going to want to look forward to your business classes. We also have another application in finance, something called continuous income flow. We'll do an example of that. And also in probability and statistics, we can use this area as well. You may recall something called the normal curve, looking at it on the calculator. And there are some other um, parts of that discussion left for this section. So that's what we're going to do. And um, we're going to start with just generally finding the area between two curves.